Hey, everyone. Welcome to Don't Be an Idiom. Idiom, don't finish. I thought we were doing a team thing. Nice sentence. No, there's time for team things at other points in the show. This is my time to shine. Shine it up. Shine it up. Shine it up. This is my first opportunity to introduce the show. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But boy, do we have a show for you. We have got a show for you kids. Listen, and we hope you're all, you know, not too old because we just called you kids. Right. No, we but that's a that's that compliment. medium age. You should Over just feel comfortable in your own skin. That's what's important. Own skin. Right. Just like us. If your friends start talking about regrets, you just say, look, are you happy now? Where you're at right now? And if oh, they say yes, then you go, then don't worry. I didn't know you knew things like uh, you know. Like sometimes that. people, you know, they they go back too much. They go back too much. They worry about it too much. Well, I think if are you, you happy right now? Uh, muy happy. Muy happy. <laughs> Biento. Hey, we want to do a couple shout outs here. Columbus, Ohio, where my people at? This is the city of the year. City of the year. The city that never. Sleeps, slurps on city that never slurps language. They love the language. Yeah. So, listen, we got a lot of fans in Columbus, and we want to say we are fans, are fans of, of you, the thou of thou. You, <laughs> we are fans of you. Also, Spring Hill Jack Coffee is in oh, Columbus. We like Spring Hill Jack Coffee, and we like the coffee. Yeah. So, and come on, I think we did reach out to you before. So, if you want to team up, <laughs> did you send that email? No, I didn't. Oh, know. what the hell? You're the guy that does everything. I'm really ready to send him an email. I'm sorry that I didn't do the other Every, 10 things, things yeah. for the show. I, I want to write. While you just, you know, you bring the, you wear the glasses, the heart glasses, which are nice. Well, now we have flair. Like stage, yeah, flair, yeah. We have stage what? Well, I was going to, I guess like a stage uh, persona? persona. Yeah, right. But I'm the only one that sees you. Well, but sometimes we take pictures <laughs> of each other. <laughs> But Good. it's but it's I think that it, it it comes through like you know if like it's yes it's for I'll tell you, you what. it's for you and then you see it and then it brightens your day. I'll tell you what if we had all of our listeners guess what you're wearing right now, I think that they would the majority of them would just be in it. I imagine he's wearing a woman's cardigan <laughs> and a shirt it's an with Don- <laughs> a shirt with Donatello's face on it and heart-shaped glasses. Right. And then if I ask what is Ryan wearing, they're going to be like, "Well, he looks like a he's in director. a body bag because like Hollywood director is all black, he wants to... <laughs> right? And he's got a trash bag tied around his waist because that's his bathroom. They call him Trash Bag Billy. <laughs> that's his bathroom. <laughs> um, also, shout out to Australia. These good these mates, guys. Australia is the fucking best. Australia is cool to have as your second, Number two. second favorite fans. After United States of uh, Blah Blahica. Yeah. It's not like having the Nazis <laughs> as number two. That would be, that would, you know, this is Australia. Right. So thank you and, and hey to everyone out there. You guys rule. That is cool. You rule and it's cool. Good on you. Also, I received a call from a friend 
Uh, we've mentioned him before, Dan uh, Whitcomb of Germany. And he said, hey, is I, he I, the one with the thighs? He's got the beautiful thighs. Right. Ve- very in shape. Thigh, what did he say? Thighs out, skies out. Are you, I think you said that. <laughs> no, I think he. I think no. He, oh, he said that. He, he said as a voicemail. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You'll hear it on the song someday. So, so anyway, he's like, I was walking around today, and I was thinking, hey, it's like you know, I'm going to bed with the birds, going to bed real early, and he's like, I think I just came up with an idiom. I think he did too. To go to bed with the birds. You're hearing it here first. The inventor of it is confused because that's probably what it's like to invent an idiom. Right, because you're like, how well, do I express what I'm feeling right yeah. now? Need to make a new idiom up. Right. I'm going to kick the shrimp out of you. And now everyone's using that. Right. But um, so anyway, that's a good one, Dan. There's also the actual idiom, go to bed with the chickens, but birds. Which he didn't know about. But he didn't know about it, I'm sure. Before, yeah. So anyway, if you have... A new idiom that you're you're working on, contact us today. Yeah, but listen, but don't try too hard. It has to kind of come like I like how Dan was confused. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's it's almost like uh, something is working through you. Right, right. Just right? like Could things you, work through you, us. These old farmers and navy guys, they weren't being like, "All right, time to create a new catchphrase." <laughs> farmers and navy. Guys. I need it. <laughs> I need it. I need it. I need it. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's a really good point. Everyone that came up with an idiom was either a farmer or a navyman. Right. And they're just like, and they and they could get, not give a shit. They'd be like, words don't pay the bills. Hail, bale, bale the hills. Hay bills? I, I meant to hay say bales. hay bales. Hay bales. Yeah, that, yeah. Right. That's what pays the, uh. The they, they were such men that they didn't think, is what I'm saying. That's right. who invented all of the idioms. Right. And now we're using it. Look right. at us. And we're we the opposite men. of men. So uh, also, my mom texted me today and she said... Uh, That's cute. She said, she was like, Ryan, like, look up the, the wreck of Hesperus for me as an idiom. And I was like, ah, you know, mom, I've never like heard that idiom before. The wreck of Hesperus. Well, she also looked at herself in the Hold mirror. On, but then, oh, that's oh, part sorry. of the story. Oh, oh I, I thought you forgot. No. So then she, um, I was like, where did you even think of that? Because it's not an idiom that I'm familiar with. And she's like, well, you know, I looked in the mirror and I said, I look like the wreck of Hesperus. Awesome. <laughs> Dude, it cracked me up. And then she's like, I got to call my favorite son. <laughs> So, um, anyway, I, I don't know if, if any of you guys out there have heard of it. Have you, you? Definitely not. No. I've never heard that before. So, here's what I learned about it. I think it would, I think it's a popular idiom for that generation. Oh, that generation. The baby boomer generation. Right, sure. And, uh, cause it was a, it's a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, the, uh, 19th century American poet who, born in Portland, Maine, Lived in George Washington's old cottage. Whoa. Was a very famous poet at the time. But and he, that last name. And the la- Longfellow. Longfellow. So anyway, he, he has a poem called The Wreck of Hesperus. Great. And that's where this comes from. I think it was just like really taught more often in schools. And it's about this, this sailor who brings his, I think, I think it's his daughter, his granddaughter, out onto the ocean. And these... These other sailors coming back to like, there's going to be a hurricane, a bad one. And he's like, no no one sails better than me. Uh Oh, no. And they go out 
and they hear the foghorn. He's like, don't worry about that. And then they hear guns like going off. Like oh, there's no, a warning. Like, and he's like, don't storm. worry about that. And then the, the daughter walks over and she looks at him and he's frozen to death. So she tries to steer the ship back to the shore. And she's like praying to Jesus. She's like, Christ, guide me as you did through oh, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't make it. She, she dies? She dies. And the one of the, like another sailor or a porter comes out and sees her frozen to the uh, the wheel. What? Trying to steer the ship. So who's Hesperus? That's the name of the schooner. That was the name of the boat. Okay. And did it get wrecked? It got wrecked. All right. So when, so when you like look like super disheveled and you're sure. like, I look like the wreck of Hesperus. That is a morbid. That is that is deep. It's deep. I did. I buy guys. Let's bring it back. That's whole. That's one of the points of the show. That start saying good. that. That is good. So, I'm definitely gonna start saying it tomorrow because <laughs> every day when I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh my god, you look like the wreck of Hesperus. I just didn't have a. I didn't have a word for it. Or a phrase and for And that's it. how the farmers felt. They're like, I don't got a word for the thing I'm feeling. Right. I feel like the wreck of Hesperus. Exactly. And they're like, also, I don't got the mirror because there's no shiny things on farms. <laughs> no mirror. Everything is very rustic. <laughs> the wheat and the chaff. The wheat and the chaff. <laughs> um, all right. So I think... Uh, oh, I think right. Anything else? Um, no, we're, we have to... We've got a big old fan that sent us a big old new game to play. This one goes out to Bub, Brian Bub Sheeran. How about that name, Brian Bub? Brian Bub. Well, that's a nickname. I know. So, uh, you know, so he realized that we have a great show here and he has started listening to every episode because how could you not get sucked in? And he not only uh, wrote us an email, like, so many of you, what is going on? Tone it down. <laughs> Ryan saying, tone it down. <laughs> Don't alienate the audience, you're saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brian also sent us a great game idea to play on the show. And we needed one tonight, and we're going to play it. So we're playing pinching. Pinching? Pitching. Oh, like pitch. a pitch. Pitching, pitching nickels. Pitching nickels. And... Uh, Bob, thank you so much for the emails and for the game idea. Appreciate it. Yeah. So how do you play this out? You're the game master. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand about five to six feet from the wall. Mm-hmm. And me and Ryan each have three nickels, quote unquote. And I have yen. The uh, Yeah, I have a, I think there's a rupees. <laughs> you have British pounds, I think. The, we're going to just throw nickels at the wall. And whoever has the closest one mm-hmm. gets to go first. That's Closest easy. to the wall without touching. All right. All right. Let's go. Okay. So I got two very close to the wall. Albert got one. All the way closest to the wall. The closest to the wall. <laughs> but it was a, it was a, what's the, there's a, there's an idiom for when horses. Photo finish. Photo finish. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Neck and neck. Neck and neck. All right, buddy. What's your idiom? Um, well, you know, so I forgot to say this at the top of the show, but I am going to be finally moving from down in the boondocks to back to Philly. Down in the boondocks. The boondocks. Because, you know, I'm in the suburbs these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Wow. All right. So that's cool. Albert's Albert was living in Jersey. He's coming back to Philly. We record in Philly. We always I live in Philly. in Philly. All right. But now Albert's gonna be two blocks away from me. This is actually gonna be the first time that both of us <laughs> live in Philly since the show started. Simultaneously. Yeah. Um. Oh, right. That's the cool way to say it. Well, that's the English way. Exactly. Which we, I say we should bring it to, back. I know. I remember. Be able to do. I remember. Um. So the boondocks just means. Let me think. It means just like out in the countryside. Yeah. Is that what that means? Yeah. An isolated or wild region. Definitely. Okay. You got it. Great. But yeah, there's that cartoon boondocks. Yes. About the like, like what is like the black and Latin community? Yeah. And then, but but like, well, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen it. So I've never watched it either, but it was oh, okay. always on Adult Swim ads. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and so I, that was like the first time I really heard of the boondocks was just the name of the show. Um, but they apparently get taken out. They they were living in the city and had to go live out with like their grandfather somewhere, mm. like out in kind of the middle of nowhere. So oh, I see. Okay. So that's what the reference was there. All right. So is Boone treasure? What word am I thinking of? Yeah, no, I've heard of a boon being like, um, yeah. Isn't it like a, uh, like a token of some sort of like a gift or good luck or something? Yeah. Or like a charm or something? Yeah. So, take this boon from my pants. <laughs> take this boon from my pants. It's a booner. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's kind of where my head's going. Uh, go, go there then. <laughs> so yeah, like I'm just gonna take the word boondocks. How did it get into the countryside? I'm not sure yet. So boon, I think boon is another word for. A tre- like treasure, sure, like some of some sort, and docks, like you know, the dock, right? It, and uh, like you were just talking about boats a couple of minutes ago. I'm always talking about boats, so you know, in the countryside, all of these towns are connected with with uh, rivers, and of course, uh, you know, that's like a great way for trade amongst these little villages that oh, are scattered through, you know. West Virginia. And oh, yes. All those places. So, uh, you know, fellas from England come over <laughs> with treasure. <laughs> and they go, you know, I got all this treasure. And what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. With <laughs> what am I going to do with this a treasure? <laughs> and they get right into the woods and they go, I got, you know, the city's too, it's too easy to make money in the city. I'm going to go <laughs> deep wanna, into I want a challenge. I want to take didn't, every last cent from these poor people that live off a of rabbit skin. Yeah, I didn't cross the Atlantic to, to make it big easy. I want to make it difficult. Big hard. I want the big hard. I want the big boon. They're going to be singing songs about me. <laughs> All right. So he got in there and he said, I'm going to start it. Where do you start? You start at the top. And you yeah. work your way down, right? <laughs> sure, so, yes. So he goes, he goes. I'm gonna go into the, I'm gonna go into the top. I'm gonna go into the top of the Mississippi, the famous Mississippi River. It's a big old, large, famous. And I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go right to the top where it begins, and I'm taking the boat down, and I'm taking this boon, and I'm going from dock to dock to dock, working my way through the Mississippi River. Yeah, and what's, right. and what's he selling? He's selling his own treasure. <laughs> He's Which trading like, it 
He's trading it for secrets of the of the you know of the woodland of the, the woods. people. Okay, the secrets yeah. of the woods. Because he knows that he can turn a profit on that shit. Because they're like, oh, that's priceless. Because secrets of the woods, the information is priceless, definitely. And so if he sells his boon from dock to dock down the river, he they think that they're making out big. It's like, oh, it's shiny, sparkly, and shiny. But he knows that he's gathering information along the way, which he will exploit later in some sort of. Yeah, you know. some sort of uh, like in hindsight. Oh, mm. what it, it was so the hubris, <laughs> the hubris. you know. It's and it's ironic, mm. right? It's an ironic <laughs> twist, right? Because he comes back is. and he connects the villages. The villages turn into a city. All of a sudden, you're in Columbus, Ohio. There you go. It used to be. Who are our favorite fans? Who, who are our favorite? That's our favorite city in the entire country right now. Yeah, hot diggity dog. Oh, so man, anyway, like, you know, boondocks, the, you come out of the river country after, you know. That's a really good guess. Shit. So what's, where does it come from? It's not that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. But I'll tell you this. Uh, when I have always heard of the boondocks, I thought it had something to do with docks for sure. Right. Yeah. I thought of rickety old dogs. Rickety old by like the swamp or something. Exactly. Like a bayou yeah. dock. But it's not. So uh, this this word actually comes from uh, the Philippines. Oh, and uh, they speak a language which is not. You don't say it's a Filipino language. It's called Tagalog. Mm, Tagalog. I've heard of Tagalog. 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 Tagalog, and know me better, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, uh, um, so this word actually comes from the Tagalog word for mountain, which wow. is bundok. I had, like boondock. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So the word is just the word a means mountain. Mountain. Word. Uh, ma- oh, okay. mountain. Yeah. A word for mountain. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the way that it kind of changed uh, over time. Here. Yeah. Was that so uh, like the American soldiers were stationed in the Philippines. Sure. Like for which war? Well, it was, um, they were there for the, well, so what I, here's, I'm not a good history guy, right? Okay. Yeah. So I, I learned the very brief, uh, like crash course on what I think happened in the Philippines. <laughs> it was in, in 1896, there was the Philippine revolution. Right? Okay. Yeah. And they wanted independence from Spain. Right. Okay. Uh, then the, this is why so many Filipinos have Spanish last names because yes. they're colonized by Spain. And that's funny because our friend Stephen I looked Villa. up Stephavilla's coat of arms yeah. once, and I was like, "Oh God, it's, Sp- it's Spanish." And yeah, then, right. And then that, that made sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Steph. Um, so then the United States acquired the Philippines from Spain in 1898. Okay. Uh, because it was like something about the Treaty of Paris, but it it sounded like the, the Americans were trying to help the Philippines first. Sure. To get free from Spain. Yeah. And then, then the like the United States acquired. Kind of like swept in. They were like, hey, we helped you. You're ours now. Wow. Right? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me necessarily. Because then, so that was in 1898. And then in uh, 1902, the Philippine-American War immediately began. So wow. it's like it was like as soon as like we helped them get free from Spain, and then we take them, and then a year later they they start a, of course we're in a war. but like of course they would right I would it's <laughs> fucked up that why did we like are we idiots like yes. let's help you get independence the name is this 
Philippines revolution. Yeah. And then and then we're like, but but you're ours. Yeah. It's so American. It's also it's like American. so something they don't teach you in history class. No. And it also seems like something like Trump invented. Right. Right. Like <laughs> oh, he would yeah. do that. Yeah. God, we've just always been American, haven't we? It's terrible. And like, yeah, I just want to say to our international listeners, we hate ourselves. Oh, big time. <laughs> like, you know, don't think we're sitting over here just being like, this is the life. I hated myself. It sucks. Plenty 48 hours ago. And then I pulled this shit up and I was like, oh, we're even worse. So, yeah, you know, we're sorry. Yeah. So anyway, now there's the Philippine-American War, right? So the, the U.S. vets that were in that war, they were stationed out there and uh, they would, it was like a, a guerrilla warfare mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so when they would retreat to the mountains, like the local word was boondock and then they would be like, oh, they're going to the boondocks. Cool. Um, which right. they kind of, it morphed into. Of course, you meaning, just keep hearing yeah, like, it and yeah. you know they're using it. Right. and Because to them, like to American soldiers, this is like wild, like everything's wild. Yeah, right. They're like, oh, they're, they're like retreating into the trees, like the boondocks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Great. So, so in uh, 1944, the term the boondocks uh, officially appears in the Marine Corps Reader, huh. which I imagine is a uh, like a, a like a magazine for the Marine Corps or like maybe a list of things we say. Right. <laughs> here's like here's the little black book of things we say. Keep it in your pocket all the time. Skippity yeah. bitch do. <laughs> Skippity bitch do. Yeah, it's like you know their glossary. That's what we should have. But dude, I I, I appreciate that like. You, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be part of it like this, you need to know the slang, man. Well, and there is so much naval slang, and yeah. you know, but, as we see, right? And uh, it's just amazing because, like, that's like you know, it's like it's a see, it's a closed society, it's like a, yeah. it's a brotherhood or whatever, and like the fact that they have all these slang terms is so fun. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna make one for just our for the, show someday, just for the idiom heads. Yeah, that's it. And you don't even have to work out at all. <laughs> Thank God. Otherwise, I would not be able to yeah. be a part of it. Yeah. But hey, we'll, we're going to make Xerox copies. and we'll Zines. S- we'll make zines. We'll make zines. Yeah. yeah. Neon <laughs> pink zines. So, you know, just let us know if you want one. Don't be an idiom at gmail.com. Yeah. You've heard it. Otherwise, we'll just assume you do want one. <laughs> we're just going to send them to everybody. get it. <laughs> All right, so anyway, so that's where we get it. We get the boondocks from, but that was only like military slang, right? Mm -hmm. How does it get into the public eye? Ear, the public ear. Public ear, right? Tell me. Well, that's when the scandal happened. Oh, my. April 8th, 1956. Oh, my God, it's coming up. Okay. There was something known as the Ribbon Creek Drownings. Holy shit. How did you find Let this for Boondocks? Soak in. You got this is a Let murder. It soak in. Well, sounds like a murder, right? Could be a suicide, but it's not. Or an accident. So here's the deal: we're going back to the Marines. Oh, right? okay. Staff Sergeant Marth Ma- Matthew Matthew McKeon. <laughs> Matthew McKeon. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, Matthew McKeon, Sergeant Marthen. <laughs> okay. Uh, well. Phone line, boys. All right, Sergeant Marthew. 
He just can't respect him. Nobody's going to respect him. In fact, that might be what happened here, Ryan. All right, well, tell me. Right? So this guy, he was... He was just, it was the first time that he was in charge of a platoon. Oh, okay. Right? So he's fresh. Big opportunity. He's fresh out. And his platoon was not that good. Mm-hmm. They were mediocre at best. Oh, no. Um, so they were, they were over at somewhere called Ribbon Creek in Paris Island, South Carolina. Okay. And he just noticed that his boots, as they call them, his, his troops, uh, were just like lackluster at mm-hmm. best, right? So... Um, one night in particular, he noticed that they were going back for second desserts mm-hmm. at the mess hall. Right? Yeah, they were. Now, he knew that they had target practice tomorrow, and he believed that um, an already lackluster troop that was eating too many sweets yeah. was going to be like, you know, overly paunched for like aiming yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. And maybe the sugar, I don't know. Right. But. He had them scrub the barracks twice, mm-hmm. like a full-on scrub. And then he said, it's time to fall in line. We're going to go out for like a, like a big old march or hike or whatever they call it. Yeah. So he takes them out to this place called Ribbon Creek. And at one point, he, he jumps into this creek, which is like a very boggy and muddy sort of situation. Right. And he orders 72 recruits to, oh my God. to follow him in. And, and it's the middle of the night. Too. Yeah. And this is all because he was upset about some desserts well, possibly being eaten. In the trial, mm-hmm. the, um, oh my God. In the, trial the prosecution, they latched on to the two desserts thing. That's why yeah. I wanted to say it before. I, <laughs> okay. before I, but it wasn't just the two desserts. They were just like overall not a good platoon. Yeah. Right? So... They go out there and there's, I read the um, newspaper articles where they were talking about how they were like in muck up to like their chest. Mm-hmm. So you could imagine like, you know, trying to walk in this muddy water or whatever, you're getting sucked down. Yeah, like, I can imagine. These guys were freaking the fuck out. Right. right? Anyway, so Scary. it goes really bad, really bad. Uh-oh. And um, six men are drowned. Oh my God. Yeah. In this, in this like death march, essentially, yeah, yeah. right? So it, it comes to trial, and in the headlines, they have, um, the, you know, uh, people in his platoon saying, Yeah, we were ordered to uh, go out in the boondocks and go on this big Whoa, march, right? Yeah. Like in the middle of the night. So they, they got it from their superiors who actually, who got it from their superiors who actually yeah. may have been in the yeah. Philippines at the time. Yeah. So because it was circulated, yeah. right? And then it was now in national news. This was a hugely covered story. Mm. Everybody was like, cause you know, you got to figure this guy just killed a Six, bunch of his, yeah. right? Military guys. Um, so it was, so that, being in the newspaper constantly, that's what kind of brought it into uh, the mainstream use, which was yeah. in, well, I said, oh, yeah. 1944? 1956 uh, was when that, that, the, uh, that was, 44 was when it came into the book. Ah, uh, The yeah, Marine yeah. book. Got it, got it. So anyway, um, the story is wild. It turns out that all of these um, people in his platoon that knew this sergeant were saying that he was, he was this wonderful amazing person that was only trying to actually just toughen these guys up because he really wanted them to succeed. So what do you think is the truth? Well, you know, I, I, when I first read the headlines, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what an asshole. Oh, oh, right. There is actually something that I left out. 
so when he was charged, he was charged with manslaughter, cruelty, and drinking in violation of regulations. Uh-oh. He was he Bad was boy. he was drunk, sort of. Yikes! You know? Yeah, like Bruce Springsteen yeah. on the highway. Right. Wait. Oh, right. Because that, that's right. Oh, Bruce. Bruce is trying to keep that pub, uh, publicity down. <laughs> that dirty dog. He's a dirty dog. He's human. He's only human. Yeah, more human than human. Yeah. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. He's Rob Zombie. <laughs> more zombie than zombie. Um, no one's more zombie than zombie. Um, so anyway, so that's the twist, right? This guy apparently is this great guy, but also he was drinking that night. Mm. So that's reckless, right? Yeah. Temperance. But I got to say, based on all the witness testimony, I actually think that he was, he really like felt for these guys and yeah. he himself was a young, like a young sergeant. Sure. I think he was trying to better them because uh, well. in the end they said that they had um, formed like a human chain to get all these guys out. And they said that this staff sergeant was, he worked himself to collapse while trying to save these people. Now you could also say like, oh, well, he's just trying to fucking help himself. He's already fucked, right? Yeah, right. But, but like he almost died trying to save. He okay. didn't, he didn't know. Wow. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, here, here's what you should know. Here was his, originally he was fined $270, mm-hmm. reduced in rank to oh. private and sentenced to nine months hard labor and having a bad conduct discharge. Jesus. That was the original that was the original charge, right? It's a big charge. Then it was later reduced to 3 months hard labor, no fine, and he was allowed to to remain in the Marine Corps. Oh. But Did you get the second is, one or? Isn't that original? That's what he got. Yeah, cuz that's way different than the first but one. But the $270 for 6 lives. Divide that by 6. That's a good deal. That's like That's a steal. How much is a human life worth? It's like, I don't know, $35. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm making that up. I didn't do that. I actually can't do 27 divided by six. So if anyone at home can, please Wait, call in. I think you said 270. Well, 270 divided by six, but you just forget the zero at first and then you add it on at the end. <laughs> Duh. All right. So 270 divided by six is 45. Wow. I was 40, close. I said thirty-five dollars for a patriotic young strapping lad that will do more than we ever did when he was dead. Listen, we cannot verify whether or not these boys were strapping, and we are not a false information podcast. I just want to—that's a disclaimer. Yeah, but we do get confused, <laughs> and and you know we we don't disclaim not to do that. <laughs> we're gonna get confused. Right. Could you imagine if we had listeners? They'd probably be like, that is not how the Philippine <laughs> revolution happened. Because I, I breezed over this. It was a, a light breeze. You feel quite breezy these days. I'm just a little loosey-goosey with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. not, not every day can be an episode 40. Of a tight, tidy ducky. No. Sometimes you just... Tidy ducky. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That's Was it Lucy Goosey? That's funny. Oh, Loose that's goose. funny. Tiny Tuggy, did you just invent that? Wow. All these bird idioms being invented today. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So, to round it out, right? Yeah, yeah. So, that's in 50. So, we go from 44 to 56. 56. Uh, a half century later, 
um, after this Ribbon Creek incident, uh, the the term the Boondocks became understood universally as the American Heartland. Oh, so it goes from the Philippine mountains, the mountains, yeah, to a military, to military thing. like murder swamp, murder swamp, right? To meaning like you know like country roads, yeah, country road, take me home to the place I belong. <laughs> it's like that. It's exactly what it's like. Much more positive. So this was, as, to me, I feel like this was a very fast, um, like, um, evolving. Yeah, sure. Uh, evolving uh, idiom. Definitely. This thing had some legs. It's 100 years, right? 100 years. 100 years, Ryan and Albert. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, the, the fun facts that I have would people might like to know this that the original boondocks if they've got time yeah well that's not that's not too over time all right so turns out that the original boondocks were the cordillera central which is the spiny mountain range Whoa. in the north part of the philippine island of luzon okay so that's like a little bit of that's the first time that the we we you know thought it was called the the boondocks you can trace it right back to there huh trace it right back to there uh then there's this whole part about I have a conspiracy theory about Girl Scout cookie tagalongs being a racist thing, but we can cut that out. But the the thing that I thought you would like was that in 1965, good old Billy Joe Royale wrote his hit song number nine on the Billboard charts. It's the highest it ever got. It was also his highest hit mm-hmm. called. Down in the boondocks. So that's, uh, you know, so it was, it was popular enough to have a song about it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that song. And in that song, he's like a local boy that likes the rich man's daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he like wants, you know, it's not okay. It's like they're not, they're not, they're like not allowed to be. Yeah. But then he wants to like give up the country life to get a job at the dad's job so that he could like marry the daughter and it's like don't give up the boondocks the boondocks is it's life she's not gonna love you no uh she probably doesn't even know who he is not if he's from the boondocks he's just stealing pies off of windowsills slips right on in there into the culture huh just like that wow well and that's the way the old boondock cookie crumbles boondock cookie crumbles all right, well, thank you for that, Albert. And uh, we'll be right back after this musical track. No clue what's going to happen. No clue why do we feel this way. We can't tell. Oh, run down when everything goes sideways. No clue what's going to happen. No clue who we are meant to be. We don't know where we're even headed. But that can't stop you or me. 
welcome back to Don't Be an Idiot. Forget about it. That was the Linda Lindas with their cool song that is punk called No Clue. Yeah, we found out about um, these guys working on the new uh, Don't Be an Idiot Spotify playlist coming out next episode. And uh, the Linda Lindas, these girls are between the ages of 10 and 16 and they're writing punk music. And it's so awesome. We're glad we could uh, bring it to this this episode. And um, actually, Albert, back in the day, you mm. covered the idiom "no clue." Yes, don't have a clue. Right. Yeah. So you covered the origin of that, and uh, it was episode fourteen, titled "Steam Whistle Surgery." Although I can't remember why why hmm. we named it "Steam Whistle Surgery." It sounds like some sort of a just a a riff. It, well, it was definitely a riff. <laughs> but that old timey surgery. But if you're interested in the in the idiom history of uh, no clue, check out episode fourteen. But um, the Linda Linda's. So these that uh, is cool. That's a cool throwback there. It is. That Wait, was nice what you just did there. What do you mean the episode? That's the dropped? thing you just did talking about how it's related to the band name to the old episode. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I'm. In, I know. I know what happens, and I want to go back and listen. We like we're an established thing, <laughs> right? And then when the listener listens, they're like, oh, "I gotta go, I gotta go I gotta back." Go back. This thing's yeah, got a the, strong foundation. That's the point. But you weren't even you were just you were just being yourself. You're just that I'm just, good. I'm just being. <laughs> anyway, what I was going <laughs> what I was going to say was the uh, Linda Lindas have a song, and I watched the trailer for this this movie. I, I believe they're in it. It's this new Netflix movie directed by Amy Poehler. And it's about the 1990s riot girl punk movement. Cool. Which was like this feminist punk uh, music movement. And in the movie, her daughter kind of finds out she was part of this riot girl scene and then sort of brings a punk feminist perspective to school and just she makes a zine. Yes. It looks awesome. Anyway, the Linda Linda's playing it. And uh, anyway, check them out. They're really cool. And uh, yeah, we're... We're glad we could use some of their music. You know what I like about that? It's hmm. like the mom, you know, if the mom in the show is a riot girl and it's like the girl, the daughter had to find out. Right, she wasn't just yeah. like, I'm a, I was a riot girl. <laughs> that was the highlight of my life. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like, like she's just like probably, you know, she's probably doing, she's like moved on. And she's, she's progressive. Exactly. And then, and yeah, then the young girls, they pull it up and then they, and then they remind the mom and the tears, the tears of remembrance. Right. The I love it. Movie magic. I haven't even seen the, the trailer yet. <laughs> but you're look at you. You have an emotional connection. I'm writing already. it. I'm, I'm, I'm. A lot of um, a lot of the punk bands from that era like to write songs about how society is always hanging on by a thread. Dun dun dun! Idiom insertion alert. That's my idiom. Hanging on by a thread. Who even knew? That's a that classic. That was an right? idiom. I that, didn't think it was an idiom. That is a classic. I'm hanging on by a thread. What does that mean? That means that you are in a precarious situation. Mm-hmm. And you are very close to big trouble. Very close to big trouble. That's right. To be in a very dangerous situation or state, to be very close to death, failure. Right. So that's the definition Uh it does have a specific story, so That's I'm gonna, crazy. I'm going to challenge you now to determine what the uh, origin is. Now, it's, see, that's my problem here is that I would have I would have never thought it seems too obvious anything of it because I'm my immediate thought is like a suit 
You know, like in a suit where the shoulder pad connects to the main part of the suit. And then you, a rat starts eating, eating the threads <laughs> because this is long ago. And, you know, we don't Rats have moth closets. Mm-hmm. And moths are also eating it. Yeah. And um, I see what you're saying. You're, you're just saying I mean, it's that so literal. it's a metaphor. Like this, it's, it's, it's the opposite of literal. But like, if you look at a man, no, no, no. I'm my thing is literal. Like the threads of your suit. It's yeah, you're on the last one. I know, but I'm saying, you know, figuratively, people say, "Listen, I, you know, he's well, the now, boss of the company. He's hanging on by a thread, and you know, why is the boss hanging on by a thread? <laughs> he's about to because it's a bad company. <laughs> exactly. He was inherited like a, a shit storm. <laughs> he he, sort he of was thing. not ready for right <laughs> the task. Right, right. And now he's hanging on by thread. We can't blame him for that. And the person said that because they were thinking about their husband's old suit and right, the sleeve and the arm is falling the arms yeah. falling off. And she's like, "Hi, you know, Mitch." And yeah, <laughs> don't you call me Mitch. <laughs> Yeah, Mitchell. It's Michalia. Michalia. <laughs> I'm one of the 30 proud Michalias. <laughs> we are the whitest men in America. Michalia. <laughs> oh my god. It was a misprint on the on the birth certificate, but I I grabbed onto it by the balls. There's 30. <laughs> it happened 30 times. Anyway. All right. Well, that's your guess. Well, no. That could be. That's no, it, right? I was saying my, my initial thought is that a, a person's suit sleeve has fallen off. Yeah. And there's one thread left. But you know why I don't think that's the answer? Because... Back then, everyone was just sewing all the time. Like you couldn't. Yeah, it's true. Like if a single stitch fell out, it, it, it right away. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it can't be that. No. Okay, so it's but not- other things have threads. <laughs> okay, but I mean, so are you guessing again or <laughs> what? I'm stalling. <laughs> Why? Because I want a better. I want a good guess. That was a fine guess. It was it great. Sucked that guess. I had no years. It I had no main character. It doesn't matter. We can do whatever oh, well, we Michelia, want. Oh, I guess. <laughs> I think it was a fine guess. And honestly, you're just trying to get me off the stage. No, <laughs> no. I'm just saying that. Uh, <laughs> wait. Yeah, actually, I would like to declare right now that we don't need to have set rules about how we guess. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm the one saying that. So why? Are, that's what I'm saying. Well, you know. You, it's fine. You you should guess whatever comes to your head first. Right. It should be a realistic, you know, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> right? Right. So that was, that was your guess. Your guess was the sleeve. We chatted about it. Now we're going to move on. You yeah, want to take a second guess? No, I just, the whole thing was kind of a stall. But it was an actual guess. All right, let's leave it at that. No, no. Okay, but, you can take but, a second But guess. it happened on the Titanic. Oh, okay. That means it's only been around for like literally 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But the Titanic is a pretty exciting that's setting. A, that's you a know? big setting, yeah. Are you taking a second guess or is that? No, I just it's like a setting. The setting, okay. Yeah. So that's wrong. Um, doesn't mean that. And uh, I'm going to tell you what it means. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But I'm working on my second guess over here still. <laughs> yeah. You work on your second guess while while I tell, tell you yeah. 
while I tell you where this is yeah. I'm from. All right, I'm going to set the scene. scene. It's the f- fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. It's all part of the show. No. Can I start? Yeah, go ahead. It's the 4th century, century BC. <laughs> that was what I was going to guess. All right, that, that's it. That's it. It was the 4th century BC. We're in Syracuse, Sicily. You know, I'm listening. You know Syracuse, New York? Yeah. I mean, did you ever think that was an Italian word? I never no. thought that. No. It's Syracuse. Oh, that's what Syracuse is? Yeah, it's it was a it was a it ancient, really different now. ancient city in Sicily. What's that basketball team's mascot? Like a furry basketball? I don't know what you're talking about. Like the Syracuse furry basketball? No idea. I don't know either. I don't then follow. Why are you asking? It just I'm getting like an image here. All right, we'll look it up later. I have no idea. Okay. You're asking about college. Well, or... you're bringing it up, Syracuse. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you the origin of this fucking idiot. I, I'm trying to listen. What idiot am I doing? Secure say. <laughs> Hanging on by a thread. Right. All right. So it's the fourth century. We're in Sicily. And there was this asshole king named King Dionysus II. I can't believe that you're going to tell me a story now from the fourth century. From hanging on by a thread. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Well, the, I don't know. I don't this know. Is what you want to say. This it is, is a big, big deal. It is a big deal. So there was this king that lived in this area. This uh, It's like the southern part of Sicily. And his father was a tyrant, um, a competent tyrant, meaning he was like mm. effective in all the bad shit that he was doing and was able to gain more power and more riches. And, you know, he was a big deal. He gave birth. <laughs> oh, fascinating. <laughs> or, his, you know, his wife gave birth to... This son, and around 30, he came into the, the throne because his father died. Right. And he had no, no experience. He, he, was, he was like, I don't want to do this. I don't know what to do. And so his And un- his dad's ghost is like, you're going to do it. <laughs> exactly. No, his uncle was like, I'm going to call it Plato. And we're going to get Plato over the here. The Plato? The Plato. Wow. To come over here and teach you a few things. So Plato did his best. I mean- that guy's talk about it. A famous I teacher. I feel like that would be really like, wow. So uh, eventually, you know, he, he like spent many years with him and then went, returned back home to Greece. And then, uh, the uncle said that, you know, he, he's really, he's really progressed a lot. He's learned a lot. He's like way better. Now Plato returned to give him the, this test, this philosopher's test, the doctrine of illumination and, Holy shit. And um, King Dionysus failed. Okay. And this is the kind of asshole this guy is. Is this a... Can you look this the questions on this test up? Probably. We should ask Dan Larkin because he's a philosophy right. Uh, professor. Right. Maybe he'd know. We'll ask him about the doctrine of illumination. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, Dr. Illumination. <laughs> oh, Dr. Illumination. Yeah. Right here. That's what my students call me. Can I, I, I want to say this. It, King Dionysius, that's how it reads. But I, I watched some videos and stuff. And Dionysus? Everyone was saying Dionysus, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's, well. Anyway. People pronounce things all kinds, all of, kinds ways. of ways. So, anyway. 
Dionysus was uh, basically hated by everybody. And um, he had this amazing palace, all of these riches, lots of expensive things, many servants. And he had this courtier, this right, um, this guy that always hung around, you know, in a political and social way named Damocles. Have you ever heard this name? Uh, maybe. I don't uh, know. Because I'm going to ask is you he later. A little, is he a little short guy? He's No, he's, I think he's kind of medium height. Oh, okay. Damocles. And uh, Damocles was like this, uh, kind of like a brown noser. Like he was always flattering King Dionysus. He was always like just being annoying, right? You know, you're just like, all right, dude. Right. He's like, yo, you're the best and you're so rich. But the king loved it. Well, you can determine determine by the end of the story. So um, eventually one day Damocles said to the king, you know, it would be amazing to be you. Like you have everything you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. You're super rich. You have this palace, these servants. You're so like, fat. You're so fat. Big old, You've got big that big old blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> You got that big old you that belly. <laughs> and um, Dionysus says, uh, oh, okay. You think... Uh, Think, think I'm pretty great, huh? You think I'm pretty great, huh? All right, let's switch which uh, switch places tomorrow. Oh, the prince and the pauper. Essentially. You come tomorrow, you come over, you can sit in the throne, all right? I'll give you the servants, all the beautiful young men with all the oils Ooh, and the perfumes. That sounds like a trap, doesn't it? So um, Damocles is like, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this king for a day thing. So he shows up. And as promised, perf- he was covered with perfumes and there were all these beautiful servants all around him. And they, they gave him this like big golden couch to lay upon and, you know, just be fed grapes the whole nine yards. Right. It must be nice to get a, like a, to get clean. Right. Uh, to be clean for one real clean. That's what I mean. For like, one day. I feel like the only person in like a. An ancient uh, kind of civilization is, that's getting even remotely clean is uh, is the king. Oh, it's just the king. Right? And right. even that, he's probably still pretty dirty. So now Damocles is like, look, look who's dirty now. Not me. Right. Uh, and then he's like, you know, enjoying himself. He's stretching. Oh, boy. And he looks up and he sees this giant shining sword no way and it is hanging by a horsehair hanging by a thread no above him and he and uh king dionysus is there and he's like what's I, up how do you like how do you, how do you like this and damocles is like uh no i don't like this at all please make that oh. go away and he's like i ah, can just Leave the golden couch and leave the servants and leave the riches. Damocles did. What? That is such a trippy kind of thing that he did there. Yeah, is totally. He a, does he have a message there? There is a message. Because I, I kind of think I could see where he's coming from. So what do you, what do you think is the, like the moral of that story? Well, okay. So on a... I actually feel like kind of on a broad sense, you could be like, yeah, it's great to be king or whatever, but like so many people want to kill you. Exactly. In, in that sense. But then also 
on a more personal note is I'm the king and you're the servant. I'm going to kill you if you try to ever fucking do this shit. <laughs> right. Like, that's a good point. The, the, you know, if you're, if you are the one in power, you constantly are in danger of being killed. Yeah. But I'm also in power right now. Right. So I'll just kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, as my number one guy, if I offer you to be king for a day, you should be so loyal that you're like, no, <laughs> No, me? me? No. no. <laughs> you, me, no. And it's like, you fucking fucked up there, buddy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's great. What was I going to say? Is that what he meant? So, is that his message? His basic message is that, yeah, being powerful, being wealthy, that seems really awesome, but... You should be, you should find a way to be happy without all of that because you're constantly living as if you're about to die because people want to kill yeah. you. Right. People want to, like, you know, yeah. especially him, um, uh, King Dionysus, who was a tyrant. You know, everyone, like, I'm an asshole. Yeah, everyone I'm, hates me. I'm an asshole, but, but I I'm also super them. rich. Right. <laughs> wow. Uh, so he's a, uh, he's pretty deep there. Yeah. Dionysus. Quite. Dionysius. Dionysius. Dionysus. I kind of forget. I've probably said it 18 different ways now because I kind of forget how I even started. But um, so here's here's something that's really cool. Hanging on by a thread really means hanging on by horsehair. But you've probably heard like hang on by a hair. But there's a second idiom that comes from this very story, which is the sword of Damocles. Is an idiom. It's an idiom. Okay. And I heard that one. It's used for like impending doom. Like JFK said something like, like, listen, the you know, the Cold War is a, is a, a sword of Damocles. Oh, that you know, like, Cold War there is a sword of Damocles. <laughs> it's it's the threat of nuclear war hanging over their heads. JFK. JFK. That's cool. So in America, it kind of took on this like impending doom sort of meaning, yeah. but it really, it's a little bit more complicated than, than that. It's more like, you know, um, wow. well, well, Shakespeare I mean, in, uh, impending doom. uh, in Henry fourth, he said, uneasy lies the head that wears a crown. Uh, Jack Nicholson oh. says it in the departed. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Heavy lies. Yeah. The head that wears, wears a crown. Yeah, yeah. sure. So that's sure. like, that's, that's like, related to that too. Well, that's like, um, sh- that's from a Shakespeare play. Right. But um, I mean, this is from the fourth century BC. So this is this is yeah, dibs. Yes. It's about like yeah, it's like a thousand years yeah, earlier, more definitely. than that. So um, so it's kind of like that. Also, Geoffrey Chaucer and the Canterbury, oh, Canterbury Tales. Tales? <laughs> Yo, are there rabbits in that? Or we what? need Why Geoffrey do I, Chaucer. I think rabbits when I hear Canterbury I don't. Tales. No, well, because they're they, they're out in the boondocks of England. I bring it back. So maybe you're imagining bunnies jumping around while they're all telling different. I think I'm thinking Cadbury cream eggs, maybe. Oh, that's <laughs> more like it. Because <laughs> Cadbury tells all these different characters telling these tales to each other. Oh man! While they're en route to a, a distant place. Yeah, the Velveteen Rabbit was one of my favorites. Okay, well that's got nothing to do with well, this. rabbits again. <laughs> anyway, Chaucer talks about the Sword of Damocles. He tells this story. For a, for a stanza in uh, Canterbury Tales. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. So there's that. And the other thing is, uh, I learned a new word. Okay. Philopendulous. 
Philopendulous. Which means suspended by or strung upon a thread. Oh, okay. Like pendulum. I hear that in there, yeah. Yeah, phila. What's the phila? Phila. Philodendron. Philodendron. And just a couple of fun facts. The uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, there's a song called The Sword of Damocles in awesome. the soundtrack. Saw that at the drive through this year. It was great. That is where you want to see the Rocky Beautiful Horror Picture Show. Beautiful summer night. Oh my God. Beautiful summer night. Tim Curry. I can't even. Tim Curry in the summer at a drive-in. Are you kidding me? Perfect weather. Balmy. Nice. Ba- <laughs> nice and balmy. And um, Rufus Wainwright recently came out with a song called... Oh, I know him. The Sword of Damocles. This is, my, this is my sister's one of my sister's favorite songwriters. Really? Yeah. He first heard, he first heard this idiom used by Carrie Fisher, who plays uh, Leia in Star Wars. Well, I know you've never seen Star Wars, right? I can't, I can't really get into the it's Star okay. Wars thing. But he heard Carrie Fisher use it in an in a interview. And he's like, the Sword of Damocles. Like, what does that mean? Where does that come from? Wow. And then he looked it up and then he wrote it about our previous president. He kind of had him in mind as like, you want to be president? It's not all it's cracked up to be. No, it seems a terrible It's job. not all cheeseburgers and, you know, ding-dongs. <laughs> Shakes and... And all the shakes and stuff. So um, so anyway, that's it. That's uh, Hanging On By A Thread slash The Sword of Damocles. Guys, let's bring that back too. I'd like to, I'd like to bring that back as well. Do you really believe that this happens, the sword hair? Or do you think it's more of like a, a, well, this, a he, story? He was a real, to he teach. was an actual king. Um, the story wasn't written down until Cicero wrote it down in the first century BC. So it was like 300 years later. So it's definitely possible that this is just more of like a, a moral tale as opposed Absolutely, to an actual story. Absolutely, which doesn't take anything away from it. But what if what if it was really real? That'd be, yeah, something. Like this, you know, because, you know, the king is probably like, yeah, you know, it's tough being the king. There's good, there's good parts and bad parts. And also, I just need to get creative. Mm-hmm. And then you could just get people to do that probably pretty quickly. Right. Be like, hang a sword, buy the horsehair. I'm going to tell Damocles to come over tomorrow yeah. and we'll it, see how much he likes it. It would be like having like a Hollywood um, like movie studio behind you. Be like, just, just make it happen. A hundred thousand, two hundred five, a million dollars. Just make it happen right away. Yeah. It would be the best sword by the best horse there you've ever seen. <laughs> you know it. It's taxpayer dollars. I can't. And then just with, by doing that, he made two idioms that are used by people, real people. Humans, flesh. Well, I mean, you said he was a tyrant king, right? He was a so tyrant. So he's probably a pretty big narcissist. Very big narcissist. So to have a bunch of fanfare in his reign makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense to mm-hmm. me. There you go. So, okay. Well, that's uh, that's a wrap for me. I hope you. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed what themselves. What a show! There. What a show! Oh my god! <laughs> what a show! Oh. <laughs> can't believe hey guys my brain is full check us out on instagram we're always posting if you want if you ever imagined what a visual of the podcast looked like you go there and then you see what the visualization of all of this is yeah it's all cool shit it's like it's like godzilla or it's like it's like us (laughs) like us on boats with like giant sea monsters like attacking us and having a good time as friends and like we're not trying too hard i'm sold it's awesome i'm gonna go so, yeah, if you're into that stuff, the Instagram, you know, we're not super into it. But if you're into it, you know, we're on there. 
and look, if you just if you want to be jealous of this wonderful, you know, visual be, sensation. Be, yeah, be part of the. Listen, if you're listening this far, you're part of the team. It could be part. It's still ground level, technically. We will send. You're still on the ground level. We will send if you tell us where you live. <laughs> please. No, we will send Tell you... Tell us what your husband looks like. Don't be an idiom, wooden nickels, and postcards. Yeah. Just don't be an idiom at gmail.com. You hit us up. We will send you that ASAP. We want you to be part of right. the, you know, the, the visual... Columbus, Ohio. Where are you at? Yeah, where are you? Hey, you know, Kristen Guest is from Columbus, Ohio. So I'm thinking maybe... She's been spreading the word. She's been spreading the word. So, hey, if you are a friend of Kristen Guest or you are Kristen Guest... We see you. Yo, what's up? We know what you're doing. We know what you're doing. And we, we like it. And we like it. <laughs> and if you want any wooden nickels, you know who to call. Yeah. Call in if you want any wooden nickels. Come and get them. All right. And you know, until next time, don't be an idiot. A bullfrog, baby. I'm standing in the kitchen with the sweet tooth jingling the doorknob. And knocking on the door. The chef was out of town, so we started chowing down on that ice cream. That sweet cream, baby. Just then I turn around, cause I hear that awful sound of the sergeant stomping on the floor. Well, what do we have here? A couple of pigs? You can't sit around. You're going down in the goo For a couple of scoops Down in the goo Couple of scoops Today, every inhabitant of this planet Must contemplate the day When this planet may no longer be habitable Every man, woman, and child Lives under a nuclear sword of damage Hanging by the slenderest of threads, capable of being cut at any moment by action or miscalculation or by madness. The weapons of war must be abolished before they abolish us.